Welcome to the Factory of Sadness. My name is Max Steiger, and I'm joined by the birthday boy, oh, Mr. Josh Shankman. Oh, I knew you were going to bring it up. Josh Shankman. What's up, everybody? It is my birthday. In <laughs> fact, I am now 19 years old. It's very exciting, Max. Very exciting. Exactly. And by the time that this episode's air, you will be 19 and one day. So that's pretty exciting as yeah, well. Yeah, that's how it works, Max. Good job. Uh, is it one day or is it two days? Well, I was born at, let's see if I can remember, my mom told me last night, 4.53 p.m. Oh, so, so it'll only be one day at that point. It'll only be one day. It's also not your birthday yet. You're still 18, little boy. Uh, yes, but just about by the time we finish this podcast, I will be 19. <laughs> the second that it hits that time, we'll sing a little song. I don't think the podcast is going to be that long today as it is 3.44 right now. <laughs> All right, well... Last week, we had a lot of fun starting our rankings from 10 to 6 of our best quarterbacks. And this week, we are finally finishing that list strong. And we will see what happens later on. But first, let's get our reactions from this past week. The NBA All-Star Game, some big things in the NFL as the new season is officially starting. So exciting. I'm, before I'm we super get into excited. It, Max, I think as uh, everybody can tell by this point, we are much more uh, NFL guys than anything else as much as we love other sports nfl is like our thing so i am stoked for free agency to begin and the the dawn of a new season to start coming around very exciting times uh it's also exciting times in the ncaa though as uh the conference championships are starting and finishing for a lot of them and also march madness is coming up in a week or so now i believe i don't know the exact timeline but university of michigan Big Ten champions, let's fuck, ooh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Max, are you excited or nervous? Which one? I, I am very excited and nervous, but more so because this is the first season where I am truly paying attention. And that causes a lot of emotions that I haven't really had to deal with yet. <laughs> no, you certainly haven't. It's a different animal when you're, like, passionately into it, right? Exactly, that it is. And all my friends around me are very much big basketball, college basketball guys, so that plays into it a lot as well. Yeah, do you know anybody from the, uh, from the squad? I've met a few guys, yeah. They're all staying at the same apartment as me, which is kind of crazy. So we've had some interactions with them. Uh, we saw the big man Hunter Dickinson a few times, <laughs> and we were chilling in the lobby watching basketball highlights with some of the reserves, which was an insane experience. That's pretty so that was cool. really fun. Yeah, it was, a, it was a cool time. Awesome. All right, Maxwell, I, for one, need to know your top five, so let's not hold the listeners waiting. Let's get on. Max, let's start with some NBA All-Star Game talk, Max. Did you watch the game? I did. I did. And? It was a lot of fun. The LeBron team was dominant. I mean, it's what we thought it would be going into it. They had a much better team. Obviously, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons didn't get to play because of that close contact, which was unfortunate. I don't think it would have changed anything. No, just because the LeBron LeBron's team, team was, was stacked. so stacked. Yeah, I don't know how KD did that. That was bad uh, drafting skills. Bad management goes along with his career. I'm not really surprised. No, not at all. What else do you have for reactions from the past week? So, well, just real back to the All-Star game real fast. I've never like been a fan of watching the All-Star game really in any sport most of the time i will just because you get to see the best players all in one game but most of the time it's like okay meh all these guys are really good but this isn't really great 
I still had a little bit of that feeling, but they were just having so much fun playing the game of basketball. It was awesome. Like, Dame and Curry just kept battling each other, just shooting daggers from half court. It was awesome. So, in that regard, and LeBron's bounce pass slam to Gobert, like, stuff like that where it was just clearly the guys out there having a good time was pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, it definitely was. Dame and Curry were on the same team, but they were probably the biggest opponents in this game. They just kept going further and further yeah. back until the game-winning three, which was pretty much right at half court, which was Oh, insane. it was dirty. I, I, I saw someone right after just saying, what does it got to take for us to get Lillard, Curry, and a healthy Clay Thompson on the same squad? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, my God. If they have any kind of a big man who's capable of handling the ball, that team is unbeatable. That's what people said about Harden, Kyrie Irving. But it's same, and, uh, I think KD. it's different. I think it's different because Clay, Curry, and Lillard are all dagger three-point shooters from anywhere on the floor. When it's some, if, when if you have a big man in the middle who can sh- who can run the floor still, oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, I mean, if it can happen with the Nets this year, you have no idea what can happen in the NBA soon. Especially as these players get to play with each other in the All-Star game for the first time. Steph and LeBron played on the same team, which has never happened before. So that was fun for the both of them. Yeah. Just I was going to say, I saw, I saw LeBron afterwards very excited about playing. Um, yeah, but in the middle of the All-Star game, there was something that happened. I can't really remember because it wasn't all that exciting, but there was something around halftime. Max, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the dunk contest. But, yeah, it wasn't too memorable this year. I didn't. I was kind of, eh. That's what you were saying going into it, though. I mean, who are these guys? You have a guy (laughs) who's dunked twice in the NBA, and that's the only reason that he's eligible. And Obi Toppin has dunked nine times in the NBA, so he was purely a college pick. Right. And then Anthony Simons. Simons, who won (laughs) it because he almost gets the rim, which was cool. But, like, I wasn't loud. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't like, oh my god, what a dunk. And I was kind of yeah. like, okay, cool. Completely agree. So heading away from the All-Star game into other big NBA news, Blake Griffin is now joining the Brooklyn Nets, which just adds to the list of players that they have. But he's joining DeAndre Jordan again, which is fun to see them being teammates. He's not going to have a huge impact. He'll be a veteran presence for some of the younger guys, but he is a year or two removed from a terrible injury that has drastically altered the way that he plays. Oh, so I yeah. don't expect right, it to be a right huge Right before move. that injury, he was carrying the Pistons into the playoffs and looking like an absolutely dominant force. Gets hurt and really hasn't been the same since. So he's not... Ever since, he has just not been a great player. And frankly, with his negative defensive impact, it could be a net negative for the Nets team from an on-court perspective. But as you said great locker room presence and frankly i think one of the biggest takeaways is about the narrative which i'll touch on later all right (laughs) let's head on then to the nfl if you don't have anything else in the nba now max i do have one other thing this is a graphic i saw to not today but recently i don't know if you've seen it um but it's this graphic about entering the all-star game who is perceived as the nba's best player and then after the season's over, who's perceived as the best player. And it, it goes through a list of, you know, uh, Curry, Durant, 
Harden, Giannis, LeBron, um, Embiid this season. I'm trying to think of who they had for last season. I don't remember. But all kinds of lists. I think it's like eight different players over the last ten years. And then at the end of the season, it's one man and one man alone for all of the past ten years as LeBron James is just the accepted best player in the world. And that's just crazy to me. Yeah. It shows that he's just that steady, dominant force. It's not an up and down like it exactly. is with Giannis and with it's a lot of the crazy. other guys. And I think one of the things that's underappreciated and why it comes to be like this is he's learned how to perfectly manage himself for a season. Because in the first half, he doesn't need to be this dominant force that goes crazy and wows everybody. And yet, come playoff time in the end of the season, it's like, okay, right. Now I remember who's the best player in the world. Right, that's the key. It's the playoffs. His performance in the playoffs completely rewrites that narrative about who's the best in the NBA that season. And that's why a lot of the times he does get uh, screwed over from getting the MVP award because his main impact, he has a great season every season. There's no question about that. Right. When he proves that he is the best, it's in the playoffs, which doesn't have an impact on the award races. Absolutely. All right, Max, let's move on to the NFL. What you got for me? Big money Dak. Dak Prescott signs a new contract, deserved, finally gets the money that he deserves. A four-year contract, $160 million, I think. Yeah, $160 and million. $66 million signing bonus. Yes, with 75 I think, in the first year of his contract. Right. So it is very is front-loaded insane. and insane. Uh, the first three years average like $42 million a year. Um Max, I want to ask you a question, though. Do you think he deserves this much money? I absolutely think he deserves a a new contract that is a solid upper-tier contract, but $160 million, $40 million a year for four years for Dak Prescott, do you think that's what he deserves? Yeah, I 100% do, especially with the big market team and the Cowboys. They do have a lot of other holes that might get not filled that might not get filled because of this contract which is why a lot of people are shocked at how much money it is but when you look at him deserving it i 100 percent think you do jerry jones wants this cowboys team to be the best that it can be and when you see the impact of a dakless cowboy team that proves that they can pay him whatever he wants and it's worth it yeah that makes sense as long as they have the money to do it the rest of the time i just think if you're looking at a scale ranking based on payments, I would not say he's a $40 million quarterback, but I do understand what you're saying. So regardless, congrats to the ever, man for getting paid. Yeah. What, what when, do contracts ever, when do contracts ever accurately represent who the best players are, though? That's the thing. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. And a lot of the time, as you mentioned, it's about relative importance to the team. And there's a very strong argument to be made that Dak is one of the most important players to his own team as we saw with the issue once he got hurt. So, yep. yeah, that's 100%. a good point. Uh, along those same lines, um, uh, as we hit the franchise tag, de- whoa, franchise tag deadline on March 9th, yesterday, uh, 10 players got franchise tagged. We're not going to run through them all, but I wanted to point out some notable ones, Max. Starting with Chris Godwin, uh, the Buccaneers had a real conundrum on their hand with three really important and valuable players to their core, uh, all hitting free agency. And 
it's not surprising to me that Godwin is the guy that they chose to tag. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's not to say that these other guys, I don't know, is it Levante David? It's Levante David and Shaq Barrett, who, just for the record, I think they need to re-sign at least one of them. But keep going. Exactly, right. So that's the thing, is that it's not, we're not going to be able to sign either of these other players. It's we want to sign them to extended deals. And that's why I kind of have a mixed opinion of the franchise tag. Um, Because it does give the players a lot of money, and it gives that recognition that like you are our player we want to make sure that you are here but it also means that they're not in an extended contract yeah and but it's not like they can't work on an extension it's more of a it's good because it allows the teams to maintain a player for the next year secure a player for the next year the player gets a lot of money and it allows them gives them that extra window hopefully to reach an agreement for the future exactly another significant franchise tag Allen Robinson with the Bears I was a little surprised with this one I thought he was reaching free agency so I was until I read an article somewhere I I can't remember who it was that pointed out that um, while it's incredibly difficult nowadays because of the depth Allen Robinson absolutely deserves to be mentioned in the top 10 wide receiver conversation which would be an interesting one for us to have recently or um, at some point but you don't just let a top 10 receiver walk for nothing. And so even if they're going to let him go, I'm not surprised for them to tag him and then possibly trade him after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there's no doubt in my mind that Allen Robinson is a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, He was also on my fantasy team this year, so a special place in my heart for him. Yeah, okay, here's my beef. He's very, like, consistently, like, 13 points. And, like, only rarely <laughs> got to that, like, 20-point. No, he had a, a PPR this year. He was great. Exactly what I needed. Then I don't remember. Maybe you just needed a consistent 16 points and I needed more boom. <laughs> we'll see. My team was an upper level. You know, I don't want to hear it. I probably, on the right week, could have beaten you. We'll see. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, another couple, like, we're, as I said, we're not going to get to all 10. Notable other signings were Marcus May with the Jets. I was happy that they decided to make sure that he stays with them I think he's a cornerstone and having just let Jamal Adams you can't also let May go Um, so that's good especially for a team that for some reason thinks they can be competitive you definitely couldn't be if you let May walk agreed Uh, Taylor Moten on the Panthers he's their offensive tackle and the only reason why I bring this up is a lot of speculation in terms of one of the two quarterbacks on the block to the Panthers. There's a lot of speculation there. Uh, securing a solid offensive tackle is a big uh, draw for someone like Russell Wilson, whose main beef is the offensive line. So that's the only reason I mentioned that one. And then the last one I wanted to mention, Max, is Justin Simmons because I wanted him. And so I'm sad that I, I wanted him so bad. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. really, really wanted the Browns to sign Justin Simmons. I thought it was going to be a great, great uh, addition to our team if it could happen. I'm not surprised. He's a great, great piece in the secondary, but too bad. Agreed. And like you were talking about with the offensive line, not only as a free agent or trade destination, but if you're looking to draft a new quarterback, you want, you've seen so many rookie quarterbacks' careers go nowhere because they have no offensive line. Exactly. That's the best thing the Browns did last year is they developed a solid anchored offensive line to create that ability for the quarterback to have time and live in the pocket without fear of getting smacked. 
couldn't agree more. So before we head into our top five quarterback rankings, um, I would be remiss if not to mention the situation with Myers Leonard uh, yesterday or two days ago, based on when this airs, Myers Leonard was streaming um, and he said an anti-Semitic slur came out and apologized. He's currently injured a center for Miami Heat, um, and the Heat placed him on indefinite leave. Josh, I don't know if you had the chance to read Julian Edelman's response to Myers Leonard. I did. Just continuously impressed with how he handles all the anti-Semitism. Same thing happened with Deshaun Jackson when he made the Holocaust comment. Yep. Just being open to educating, and that's the most important thing. Myers Leonard says that he was ignorant. We don't know if that's true, but... It's yeah, all about education. Exactly. And I'm routinely struck in a very positive way by Julian Edelman's advocacy and um, open desire to help spread knowledge and just relate to other people and teach them about what you know the Jewish faith is and what real Judaism is like instead of just random things that are uh, thrown around in the world that people don't know about. Frankly, I, I'd prefer to give you know Myers Leonard the benefit of the doubt and that he wasn't just being openly hateful but Edelman said it beautifully when he said that um uninten- I don't want to I don't want to mis- misquote him so Max if you could look it up so you can give us the quote that would be great but Edelman said it in a beautiful way just as he did when he challenged Deshaun Jackson and just said come hang out with me let's have a conversation so that you can learn and know what's going on for real Yeah, so Edelman said, when someone intends to be hateful, it's usually met with great resistance. Casual ignorance is harder to combat and has greater reach, especially when you command great influence. Hate is like a virus. Even accidentally, it can rapidly spread. Exactly. And it's just a great response. It's beautifully said, and I jokingly said to my friend when I read it, it's amazing that he can talk and speak that well with uh, how many concussions that dude has had. (laughs) But yeah, no, he wasn't abs- speaking. He was writing. That's, so that's why. But absolutely, I'm amazed. Uh, applause to Julian Edelman. I think he handled that absolutely fabulously, and his continued effort to speak out for the Jewish community is amazing, and I certainly appreciate it. Exactly, as two Jewish guys, Josh and I love to see any Jewish athlete out there, but especially one that takes advantage of his platform and uses it to speak out for the Jewish community. Exactly, and in my opinion, in an extremely healthy way. You know, it's not just, it's here, let me talk to you, let's have a relationship, let's have a conversation, and it's, I love it. I think it's extremely admirable, and I hope he continues to do so. Yeah. So all that aside, Josh, it is time. The moment you and I have been waiting for for a full week now, let's get into it. Top 5-1 to quarterbacks for the 2021-2022 season. Yep, Max, let's, before we get to it real fast... Guys, it took a lot of restraint for us not, immediately (laughs) after we recorded last week's podcast, not to share our list with each other. We'll admit it was pretty tough. I almost gave in. Max held me back. I mean, it was just, I need to know, Max. I need to know who your top five are. That you do. And I will be honest, I made a change in between last week and this week with the recent news today yesterday whatever it is number five my top five quarterback for the 2021-22 season Dak Prescott out of the Dallas Cowboys 
Wasn't he number that's 11? Ten. No, he was 11 for you. What was he for you? He wasn't even in your 10. He wasn't in my 11 before. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. I looked at his stats, Josh. 400, 500 yards in his first four games. Three rushing touchdowns in one game. They lost a lot of them, but they were all close games, and that can 100% be attributed to the terrible defense in Dallas. Absolutely. Cooper, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb were a great duo last season, and they were a great duo with terrible quarterbacks. And I think they'll continue to be a great duo for sure. Exactly, right. Yeah. C.D. Lamb is no longer a rookie. He's only getting better. And Ezekiel Elliott should have a much better season as well. It was the offensive line that just really caused this whole offense to be a disappointment. Dalton Schultz, sorry, also emerged as a great tight end. Dak has a chip on his shoulder now. He has multiple expectations, one of them being, will he be able to play well after coming out of a terrible injury? Another one, does he deserve this money? He's a fifth-round pick, I believe, or a fourth or a fifth-round pick. Uh, He's not... I think fourth. I'm going to look it up. He has another opportunity to prove himself out of college like he did the first season where he led him to the playoffs. Now he has an opportunity again to take that chip and prove that he is not going to disappoint. I believe that he will be the fifth best quarterback this season and post incredible stats. Max, that's bold. You went from uh, not on the top 11 to top five just because he went back to the team we were assuming he was on in the first place. I like that. It's very strong. Um, all right, Max, let's do it a little differently, Max. Let's do you, you five, me five. All right. So I'm going to give you my number five quarterback. You said Dak Prescott, and I respect it. I told you last week just how hard it was for me to keep him out of my top ten. And, you know, I'd be welcome to be proved wrong, but I've never been a huge Dak Prescott fan as a quarterback. As a person, I, I, do, I am a big fan. Um, Max, number five, I believe Deshaun Watson. He routinely puts up incredible statistical numbers while making, you know, difference-making plays and looks like one of the absolute elite quarterbacks for the years to come. And I absolutely think he's going to be. I think in the next five years, he's there are only, you know, probably one, maybe two quarterbacks I'd take ahead of him, uh, which we can touch on later. But I think next year, just for next year, he's going to be my number five quarterback, even if he's still on the Texans. But I'm assuming he's going to go to a better situation. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why my number four quarterback is Deshaun Watson. Like you were saying, I don't if he is staying with the Texans and he plays – that means that he's buying into the Texans. And we saw what happens when he buys into the team last year and the year before. He's been the passing leader, or the top five in passing pretty much his whole career. But if he goes into another team, he's in the even better situation because the Texans, frankly, exactly. don't have a great offense. But if he goes to another team, they will have a great offense. He'll have great weapons around him. I'm telling you, I want one of Watson or Wilson to go to the Dolphins so badly. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, now uh, um, Watson to the 49ers is ramping up. You think so? I would be excited, but I think they'd need to do some personnel moves because they're really – the offensive system is really based on gimmicky plays right now, I feel. So I'd be – you know, because Garoppolo is a very limited quarterback. So now that – I mean, once they have Watson, I love Debo. I think their running back room is very deep and great, but I think they need a couple other wide receivers. Of course, Watson to Kittle would immediately become, I think, one of the best <laughs> – one of the best pass-catching, pass-throwing duos in the league. Uh, Max, my number four quarterback, Josh Allen. 
I'm really excited about this dude's future. He really proved himself to be uh, a franchise favorite and uh, a cornerstone and one of the top quarterbacks uh, for the next few years. We'll see if he ends up being the best quarterback out of the 2018 draft class. Uh, kind of stacked, but it'll be exciting to see. Um, the only reason I don't have him higher is the the pieces on that offense still are a little concerning to me. Um, and I think they just released John Brown. I think they have about $20 million in cap space this year. Uh, I really like Cole Beasley. Stephon Diggs was the best offseason addition last offseason uh, to any team, I think. Um, but other than that, the I'm not sold on the running back room. They didn't even attempt to run, I don't think, in the playoffs. Uh, the tight end, I'm not a, you know, Dawson Knox might be fine, but I don't think he's going to be a threat necessarily. And then the defense is, a, is just a tad concerning as well. So while I think he's going to be incredible, him and his wide receivers are going to be extremely dynamic. I'm a little concerned about the offense as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you and I are pretty much one quarterback off at this point. I have Josh Allen at number three. You're making my job easier. You're giving me everything that I need to say. Uh, some more interesting facts about Josh Allen. He had the third highest overall QBR last season. If he and Diggs were that good in their first season together, how good are they going to be when they have even more time when you see Gabriel Davis? I'm uh, really excited about Gabriel Davis, He's actually. I forgot to mention He's a great prospect. That. Yeah. And the fact that they don't have a running back isn't necessarily a knock because Josh Allen can play as that focal point. They don't really need a running back. Could they can be. move the offense completely around him. You know, as I... I'm, I said I was a little concerned. I think Devin Singletary is a guy who could be there if he takes the jump. I just don't know if he is going to take that jump. Max, I have a feeling I'm just going to continue to be one off until number one. <laughs> uh, my number three quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Um, the, what else is there to say? He's one of the most elite quarterbacks of all time. He's been that way for the past 10 years. And there's no reason to expect that to drop off next year. Uh, Devontae Adams is still on the team. And for me, that's enough for him to be the second-best quarterback because Devontae Adams is the second-best wide receiver. They have an incredible connection. And I think A.J. Dillon's exciting. Their offensive line is fine, although the loss of Corey Lindsley uh, is important. Uh, they LaFleur and Rodgers proved that they are a good duo, even though LaFleur really made a mistake in the NFC playoffs. Um, and I'm excited about them. Well, I'm not excited about them. I don't like them. But the Packers fans should be excited. Again. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers is my number two quarterback. His time is fleeting, to be honest, and that's going to make him play harder than he's ever played. He needs to get to a Super Bowl in his mind. And I think he'll play slightly worse than he did last season, which was nearly perfect. So he's going to be nearly, nearly perfect this season, and that'll make him <laughs> the second-best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's going to be really good, uh, but I think he's going to be the third best quarterback in the NFL. Max, my number two. Have you been keeping track of who's on my list so far? I, yeah, I know, I know who's in the top two. Do you know who it is? I'm a little scared to hear who you're going to say. I want to hear it. Come on. Are you saying Patty Mahomes is two? Absolutely not. That's just okay, disrespectful. <laughs> That's just Russell disrespectful. Wilson, then? Russell Wilson is my number two quarterback. And I, was, I was scared that you were going to put Wilson at one for a bit. No. Nah, I'm, I'm bullish on Russell Wilson, but not quite that bullish. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is in the perfect system, and he's just remarkable. So we'll get to him in a minute because he's number one for both of us, as I could have predicted from the jump. But, Max, 
maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm bullish on Russell Wilson since you had him outside of your top five, which to me was crazy. If he stays in Seattle, that means that they've taken the proper, um, what's the word? Precautions? Sure. Yeah, they've made the right moves. They've taken the proper precaution to assure security and stable offensive line play so that he's not running for his life. Plus, he already has demonstrated an extremely good connection with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And I don't think there's any reason for that to slow down. In fact, I think DK Metcalf's drive to be great means it's only going to get better. And so that offensive weaponry, the biggest thing holding that back is the offensive line. And if he stays in Seattle, the only way he does is if that offensive line is better. And if he goes elsewhere, odds are he's in just as good, if not a better situation, especially if he goes to Miami. So... (laughs) I am Miami super wasn't high. even on his list of destinations. I don't care. He'll say yes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think if he goes to Chicago, he's in a great spot with that defense. I think if he goes to the Saints, we saw what they did with an aging Drew Brees who wasn't even playing that well. And then what's his other? The Jets? Uh, Las Vegas. Okay, good, because he'd suck with the Jets. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with, with Las, not because of him, but because that offense is terrible and so is the rest of the team. Although I love Robert Sala, so we'll see. Um, yeah, and then with the Raiders, it's much of a it's a much bigger question, but I'm just gonna go with this prediction as he's not going to the Raiders. So, <laughs> all right, I had Russell Wilson as six, and Josh has him at two, number one quarterback. Like Josh said, there's no question in either of our minds. It's yeah. Patrick Mahomes in anybody's he, mind. Who is gonna come out and right. doubt that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Not only that, but he's coming off his first Super Bowl loss. We haven't seen an angry Patrick Mahomes yet. This is like his second loss in his whole freaking career. <laughs> yeah, he has a chip on his shoulder for pretty much the whole time in his life. Especially because it was, I think, his first double-digit loss since high school. And it was the first time he hasn't thrown a touchdown. Right. In I mean, all of this the NFL. dude, if he cares as much as everything leads you to believe about the game of football and winning and being great, this dude's going to be flat-out scary next year. And he already was terrifying. He was more than terrifying. I mean, ready, Max? Here's the list of things that could happen to make Patrick Mahomes not the number one quarterback. He could get hurt. Uh, They could cut half the team. He could get uh, abducted by the mafia from a foreign country who wants to demand an extremely high ransom for him. Um, That's about it. That's all I can think of. What else could happen where he's not going to dominate the NFL next year? Yeah, well, as me and my friends here at Michigan like to say, there's a 50-50 chance that anything happens. Uh, This one is a lot less than 50-50. It either happens or it doesn't. That's 50-50. Oh, goodness. I thought you went to a smart person school too, Max. Hey, I got 100 on my first stats quiz, so it works. Hey, I'm very proud of you. What about a test, though? Thank you, thank you. Uh, That was a test. Sorry. You say quiz. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Max, yeah, I'm uh, really interested to see how both our lists pan out. There's a lot of similarities in the top five. My difference is Russell Wilson. Your difference is Dak. Uh, But the other five... Uh, 5 to 10 or 6 to 10 is going to be super, super interesting. Yeah, and I think coming back here after week 8 would be a lot of fun as well just to see mid-season and then again at the end of the season just to see how much it changes. Yeah, I think we'll do a a three-time check back in 
once right before the season starts just to see if we won't go crazy into it. We'll just touch base and see if we're feeling the same after everything's said and done with free agency, the draft, preseason, injuries, stuff like that right before the season hits. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll check in midseason and at the end of the year and see how we did. Awesome. Well, let's just do a quick rundown uh, from 10 to 1. Top 10, 10 to QBs one. for the 2021-2022 season. My list goes Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Patty Mahomes. And that's a list. Uh, mine from 10 to 1 goes <laughs> Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. So for all of you as invested as the, in this as we are, let us know whose list you think is better overall. Or we'll send us your right. own top 10. Do that too. Maybe we'll react to other people's top 10s. We could do it. If someone sends us a top 10, we may just touch base on it in a future episode. All right. Well, let's head into our next segment for the week. Josh and I's favorite, as always, fact or crap. Fact or crap. All right, Josh, let's get this started. Fact or crap. Olympic gold medals are made of silver. Oh, well, that's quick and easy. Um, Olympic gold medals are made of silver. I'm going to go with crap. I think they're made out of something worse than silver. (laughs) It is a fact. Uh, The 1912 Olympic Games were the last to include gold medals actually made of gold. The current ones are 93% silver, 6% copper, and only 1% gold. Oh, goodness. To be fair, gold's expensive, and they can't afford to do that. It is expensive. Kind of shows there's not much difference between first and second place. It's all the same material. I disagree. Anyways, uh, (laughs) the, the only thing you win is bragging rights, and that's what it's saying. Right. All right, Max. Fact or crap? Babe Ruth wore a wet towel under his cap to keep him cool and changed it every two innings. <laughs> Fact? Max, that is crap. He did wear something under his cap to keep him cool and change it every two innings, but you'll never guess what it was. Are you ready for this? I'm so, wait, is it a jockstrap? No, that would be funny. A leaf oh. of cabbage. What? <laughs> you heard that right. <laughs> he put Babe Ruth... Arguably the greatest baseball player of all time, <laughs> one of the greatest hitters of all time, wore a cabbage leaf under his hat Jeez. to keep him cool and changed it every two innings. The big question is, did he eat it as a mid-game snack? I mean, if he was hungry, he might have. <laughs> Some sweaty cabbage. Factor crap. In 2010, an autistic teen correctly predicted everything in his March Madness bracket but lost in the finals when Duke beat Butler. Fact. That is crap. He only predicted two correct rounds. But Josh, that is the most that has ever been predicted correctly. Nobody has predicted more than two complete rounds correctly in March Madness bracket history. Yeah, that's crazy. To be fair, I feel like once you get to two rounds, the rest is like your odds from that point, not just from a number perspective, but also from a number perspective, are just so much better. Right? Like well, he if only you made can, it to two rounds. But that's what I'm, I know. I mean, you're going to make an error, of course. But also think about it, how many people have actually gotten two complete rounds. Probably like six. Right. 
But at, I, that, I think at that point, if you were able to get the round of 64 and the round of 32, I wouldn't be nearly as shocked if you keep going because 64 uh, and 32 are impossible. Yeah. All right, Max. Have you ever heard of Diego Maradona? I have. Soccer great? Well, in 1991, he tested positive for cocaine and failed another drug test during the 1994 World Cup. So he decided to go to work on hiding the evidence. So you know what he did, Max? He took a drug test with a fake plastic piece of manhood filled with clean urine. Fact or crap? <laughs> manhood. <laughs> uh, fact? That is, in fact, a fact. <laughs> that is what way too drawn out to be something that you made up. I mean, you made up something about hitting uh, dead people's heads last week. <laughs> All right, my final fact or crap for the week. In 1999, soccer or football, depending on where you're listening from, player Stefan Schwartz had a special space clause in his contract that rendered it invalid if he ever went to space. So wait, if he went to space, his contract was voided. Exactly. His professional soccer contract <laughs> was voided. This is funny. I'm going to go with fact. That is a fact. Apparently in 2002, commercial space flights were starting to get popular. And his agent had a seat on one of the flights. And the team got nervous that if the agent has a seat on the flight, he'll take his client with him as well. They're like, there's no way we're losing this player to space. Obviously, that never ended up happening anyway. All right, Max. Well, I prepared a number, as I always do. So I'm going to let you choose the category. Would you like a football fact, a baseball fact, or an Olympics fact? Or crap, Let's of course. Let's go with Olympics. Olympics, Max. Okay, then. Fact or crap? During the years of 1900 and 1920, there was an Olympic event called tug-of-war. Ooh. Said more simply fact. as, yes, that is a fact. It, during the years of 1900 and 1920, tug-of-war was an official Olympic sport. Given the number of sports that are being added now, including breakdancing, I would not be surprised if that would make a comeback. <laughs> it might make a comeback. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah it would be funny. I, for one, would clearly kick butt as a tug-of-war leader in... Whoa! That was a big yawn. A tug-of-war leader in the Olympics. I don't... Well, my class before this is really tiring. I mean, it, the professor's very knowledgeable and interesting, but I, his voice is just so soothing. It's like a soft cloud that you want to just take a rest on. All right. <laughs> Moving yeah, on I'm from back I'm to done. crap. <laughs> Let's head on to Believe the Hyper Psych. Let's get it started. Harbaugh does not have a win quota to continue coaching Michigan. The athletic director, Ward Manuel, recently said that uh, Jim Harbaugh does not need to reach a certain amount of wins in order to be re-signed. Do you believe the hype? Woof. Do you believe the hype, or are you saying psych? Uh, no, I believe the hype. That doesn't mean that he won't get re-signed, but I think it's more about the performance of the team and the outlook than the actual win number especially when you talk about the fact that he's still coaching the goddamn team. Oh, pardon my French. If he hasn't been fired yet, it clearly is not about win totals because the football team has been extremely underwhelming. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say psych. I think if he doesn't, if he has, I mean, it, it's tough because, like, meeting a win quota, if the win quota is seven wins, then, yeah, obviously he should hit right. that. And if he doesn't, then he should be fired. But if we're talking a nearly perfect season, you can't expect that. No, I agree. Uh, okay, Max. Here's an interesting one that we could dive into more if you wanted to. If not, we can leave it uh, as is. But, Max, believe the hyper-psych. First-round NFL draft picks are overrated trade assets. Overrated trade assets. I will say a conditional believe the hype. It's with draft picks, I guess part of the reason why you would say that they're overrated is because it's such a big question when you don't have an established player. Um, But you look at a lot of quarterbacks and successful players, and a lot of them are high draft picks. You also have the few Dak Prescott fourth-rounders, Tom Brady sixth-rounders. But Aaron Rodgers was the number one pick, right? No, Alex Smith was the number one. Oh, right, he was number two. But even so. No, he wasn't. He was like 22. Was he really? Yeah, but he was uh, still a first-rounder, so. Okay, but yeah, no. Um, Yeah, I I would say they are overvalued in the fact that you can trade three for one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I think that that's kind of ridiculous, but it's also about getting depth and the amount that you have to pay them. That was long and winded because I don't really know my answer to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question because obviously the first round draft picks are supposed to be the players with the most amount of talent. And a lot of times talent paired with good coaching is going to win out in the long run. Um, But it's an interesting discussion because you see players like Calais Campbell getting traded for a fifth round pick. That guy's a perennial pro bowler. Yannick Ngakwe last year got traded for a third round pick. He was a two-time Pro Bowler in four seasons, I believe. It's just as repeatedly you see Pro Bowl players getting traded for picks lower than the first round, which to me is crazy because your first round pick is a gamble as to whether or not that player is going to be a starter, much less a Pro Bowler. Yes, as Cleveland Browns fans, we have had our share of first-round disappointments, so yeah, we know that. <laughs> Justin Gilbert, number eight, Trent Richardson, Colt McCoy, David Njoku. I mean, would I trade a first-round pick, David Njoku, for a productive tight end? Sure, David Njoku has not been a productive <laughs> tight end. So, it, yeah, but at the same time, you can draft Patrick Mahomes with a first-round pick if you do your job well enough. Exactly. So that's right, why so I understand keeping, it. Keeping with the theme, uh, as we approach the NFL draft, a lot of talks are picking up about who the best quarterback will be. More so who's the second best quarterback because there's a clear consensus that Trevor Lawrence is number one. Yeah, although Looking I did at, see... One second, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I did see somebody had Zach Wilson above Trevor Lawrence on a board, and I just like... Drop my job. Somebody Keep has going. Sam Darnold as their number one quarterback for next season. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, not looking at their first season or their college career, but twenty years from now, Mac Jones will end up having a better career than Trevor Lawrence. Wow, psych! Absolutely psych. 
I don't... I don't want to say I don't get the Mac Jones hype. I do. I think he can be a productive quarterback. I think in the right system with the right coach, he actually has extremely high potential. But Trevor Lawrence is... As long as he doesn't go to a completely dysfunctional franchise, which you could make the argument that Jacksonville is, I think that's crazy to say that Mac Jones in 20 years will be remembered as a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, well, barring crazy injury. then. <laughs> you believe the hype? I'm saying believe the hype. I think that they're both going to be elite. The thing that elite pushes me over uh, Mac Jones pushes Mac sorry Mac Jones over Trevor Lawrence is the theoretical team that he will be drafted to. That is and uh, the situation yes. that he will be placed in. We have seen over and over again that rookie quarterbacks who have a year to learn and develop behind an established veteran quarterback play at another level. You see it with Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Yeah, I would agree. These guys. I would agree. That's why I think that Mac Jones has a chance to do it. And he will also have a, theoretically, depending on who drafts him, obviously, but a as a mid roster. to late first rounder, it should be teams that are more established Absolutely. than the New York Jets. Right. No. Well, Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars, but that was a good attempt. Jag- Sorry, Jaguars. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying. I just... I don't know. To me, that means you're talking about the team success and not the quarterback, which is a fair point. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I like... if you're looking at ranking quarterbacks, obviously this season it's different for one particular season, but as a career, is it overall stats is it super bowl wins because if you have a bad team around you but you're an incredibly proficient quarterback like a deshaun watson he passes his stats are insane but he doesn't get super bowl wins because the team around him is terrible you have a mac jones who's on a great team that has continued success versus a trevor lawrence theoretically if the jaguars don't end up being good who posts incredible stats but doesn't ever make it that far who's better yeah i mean max who's better to who was better to you in twenty, the early 2010s, Alex Smith or Joe Flacco? Right. Do you want me to answer that? I don't know. I'm just saying that's that's the question. Alex Smith, right. to me, was exactly. absolutely yeah. a better quarterback, but he didn't get uh, the Super Bowl win. Not right. always. Uh, obviously, there were some years where Joe Flacco was better. You can't say that. But if you wanted me to pick the career of one of them, I'm going to take Alex Smith. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I think that it's really an interesting perspective to start talking about the importance of uh, having a talented, young, smart quarterback sit for a year on an already ready roster. To exactly, then take that's over. the key. Everybody is saying how smart Mac Jones is. Yeah. And how he understands the game so well. I mean, I would love for. They took Jordan Love last year, but he, he would have been a great Packers pick, right? Sit yeah. behind Aaron Rodgers if he's willing to teach you for a year or two years and then get put right into a ready system. Um, I'm trying to think of another good example of an expiring quarterback. Frankly, the Steelers could take Well, if you were to sign Alex Smith or Ryan Fitzpatrick and have that that Patrick Mahomes situation with Alex Smith. Yeah, but who's your... (laughs) What team is that? Right. So, uh, maybe the Bears, right? The Bears, act- okay, actually, that actually could work. I'm not going to lie now that I say that. Mac Jones on the Bears could be really interesting. A solid defense, the right core pieces on the offense. Uh, okay, okay, okay. 
I'm still not sold. I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence, but I like the discussion, Max. All right, Max. My turn. Believe the hyperpsych, Max. If KD only wins rings over the rest of his career with this team as presently constructed with Kyrie, Harden, and and or Blake Griffin slash Andre Drummond, who hasn't been traded there yet but is extremely looking like he will be, his legacy will be cemented as one of the all-time great scorers and one of the all-time great players, but never get put into that greatest of all time because he could never do it on his own. Not that anyone in the NBA can do it on their own on their own right now, but he needed three other top 15 players plus Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, even though they're not quite the players they used to be. That's what I meant when I talked about the narrative earlier. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I'm going to say believe the hype. I don't think he will get to that point, specifically because he is always overshadowed by LeBron right. in that conversation. And it, no, so it's totally. not necessarily... So, there would have to be something incredible where he goes on this crazy stretch. And I don't think that'll have to do with the team around him because Michael Jordan had an amazing team around him. Yeah. LeBron James has always had a good team around him. Well, Maybe I wouldn't not. say always. But, I mean, let's talk for a second. But in his most six, other than last season, in his most successful seasons, the big three in the Heat, you got another big three with the Cavs. Past that, not so great. But right. you have other superstars, all-stars around you. No, absolutely. But I just mean, like, Kevin Love, by the point he was when we won our chip, wasn't as good as Bosch was. And even then, Bosch was really... a a talented guy, but mostly just a really good rebounder and added piece on defense, yep. right? Um, yeah. Kyrie, no one's going to take away what Kyrie does, So, and he's on both teams, and he, I think he's still as good now as he was then if he can just get his head screwed on straight. Um, but Harden's another top-ten player, with which uh, LeBron never had. Nothing like that. And so, yeah, it's a big three, but the these Nets' big three is totally different. This is Clay Curry, KD top three, right? that level and he's always gotten flack for the warriors move and you know that championship with the with the Cavs to me was always what cemented lebron's legacy not with the heat because the heat it was yeah okay you won two rings with a crazy good team what's so surprising about that we know you're that good we know you're on such a good team this puts you in this category that i i'm suggesting kd will be in but go do it with, you know, a good team with good pieces, but not the stacked, all-star, constructed super team. Yeah. So are you in agreement? Believe the hype? Yeah, I believe the hype. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not bullish on KD's legacy, as I've been uh, quite vocal about to anyone who talks to him. <laughs> Liam will probably give me flack if he listens to this episode, because we go after it a lot of times. Because, and we can talk about this now, later, or never, I still think... Uh, Katie's signing with the Warriors was the uh, biggest snake move in the history of sports. Wow. Yeah, let's not get into that now. (laughs) No. All right. My final Believe the Hype or Psych for this week and episode. Uh, This is more a big storyline from last week, uh, but we didn't get to it. And I don't think it'll pan out to be anything, but definitely something interesting to bring up. Kobe Bryant should be in the conversation for the new NBA logo. Believe the Hype, period. I mean, Max, not only is he debated as one of the greatest of all time, he changed not just the way that NBA players work 
and challenge themselves and are geared mentally. He changed the way people in the world think and work and try. He's one of the most influential people to have ever existed and lived, in my opinion. And I don't think that's an overstatement. How many kids nowadays, even if they're not playing sports, talk about the mama mentality when it comes to working hard and going after your craft and trying to pursue your dreams, right? Not to mention in sports, when he passed, how many professional athletes said, this is the reason I'm here. This guy, his, you know, his work ethic, his reasoning, his drive, his uh, methods are the reason I was able to get here. Yeah, no, I, I agreed. I uh, believe the hype as well. And the fact that Jerry West himself said, I'm fine with my, the logo changing. Like, yeah, I, I don't think Jerry just... West ever really wanted it to be him, actually. I think I no. read that one time. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I think I read that one time. He was just like, yeah, I don't, like, I don't want this to be me. How about we don't do that? Right. I mean, the NBA logo should represent the inspiration caused uh, for people to join the NBA. People should be looking at this logo and think, that's the man that brought me here. This is the reason why I play and why I'm honored to be a part of this organization. And not many people anymore think of that of Jerry West. Exactly. So, and But I saw something interesting that Adam Lefkos uh, put up. You know, you just can't take away still what Jerry West has meant to the game of basketball. He's also one of the most influential people just of a different generation. So as long as we don't forget just how important Jerry West was, I absolutely think it's worth it. Right. I don't think it's going to happen. I can't imagine it happening. Uh, Kyrie Irving called for it. Uh, he had a great quote, quote sorry, about Black Kings creating the NBA. It would be a great honor. I would be very excited to see it and see what they come up with. It would be a huge marketing undertaking. When yeah, you think it, about it, the it amount of things that are impressed or uh, created with this NBA logo and then to change all of that. Absolutely. Oh my God, another yawn. Thank you, Professor. Um, we might no, need to end this episode so Josh no, can take I've a little got, birthday. Hey, 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 hey. I've got one more question for you, Max. I don't right. know if I can phrase this correctly as believe the hyper psych. Um, I guess I could, but I'd rather not. So I'm just going to use this <laughs> segment to ask the question, Max. Um, with the franchise tag uh, deadline having passed, there's a number of notable players that did not get tagged by their respective team, Max. So I want to know who is the biggest and most impactful quote-unquote miss person who did not get tagged from this season. And I'll read you the list. Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers, Kenny Galladay on the Detroit Lions, Chris Carson on the Seahawks, Shaquille Griffin on the Seahawks, Hunter Henry on the Chargers, and Jonu Smith on the Titans. Ooh, and the question is who's the biggest miss or who's the biggest name? Who's going to be the biggest player missed on their respective team that, or who, if you're an NFL GM for their respective team, you can't believe they didn't resign? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay on that. I think that the Lions, especially having a new quarterback coming in, you need as many weapons around you as possible, especially with the departure of Marvin Jones Jr., and Why Muhammad wouldn't new? Not that he's good. Exactly. Not you're right. He's a little a few years removed. Or, from Ty- or Tyrell Williams. I don't think. <laughs> um, you, you need to have weapons around him, and now he's going from Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, and Gerald Everett to 
Nobody. TJ Hawkinson on yeah. the Lions. That's a huge difference. So, yeah, I'm very surprised that they didn't lock him up. They need to draft someone or get another big name in free agency or in a trade, or else Jared Goff is not going to be a happy guy in Detroit. You know, that might be the point, though. Maybe they're, they've decided that this was just the end of a uh, failed era of Lions football and they need to restart. I don't know. Uh, maybe we can ask Ori. He's a Lions fan. Um, <laughs> Max, yeah, I'm also tempted to go with Galladay, and I think in the end I will, but the one I'm, I'm really most surprised about is Aaron Jones, and I think that just speaks to the Packers' belief in A.J. Dillon because Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are both free agents, which means the only running yeah. back I think they currently have on roster is A.J. Dillon, who was a rookie last year. So It definitely does, and it also speaks to the growing uh, – disbelief in the impact of running backs yeah in the past season pretty much there has been this movement that you don't need to pay your running backs you can get them in the draft or you can get them for cheap and free agency and your team won't be impacted that much right i mean when you look at teams like the bills or teams like the chiefs there are teams that aren't running back heavy but then you look at the browns and the panthers who yeah. were heavily impacted by their running backs. Yeah, I mean, I think um, anybody who thinks the running back is a dead position is crazy. That's been things people have been trying to say for 10 years now, right? Uh, the, some of the most notably being, um, I don't know, right around the era of LeGarrette Blunt in Patriots, like right after that, people were like, eh, you don't need a running back. Who cares? Uh, right after AP left the Vikings, and it just felt like this era of dominant running backs just died. Um, I think Marshawn Lynch was the last, and people were trying to make him seem like the last like franchise cornerstone and reason that they're good. And I just totally disagree. Which is also why it's interesting that the Seahawks let Chris Carson go, but I'm not surprised because um, of how much he's been injured in his career. So I'm not, I'm not that surprised there. Yep. Well, it was a lot less arguing this episode than I thought. We had a pretty similar top five, so... Yeah, well... You thought I had, like, Lamar Jackson number two last week and Ryan Tannehill right. number three and crazy things. You thought I left Russell Wilson out of the top ten and who knows. Yeah. You pulled it out in the end. Not exactly true, but it was close enough where we didn't. I mean, what do you mean not exactly it. true? <laughs> we will we see. The, we have the same top five outside of Russell Wilson. Just not in the same order. That's the thing. But it is. Outside well, of Russell Wilson... It's not the same order. Yes, it is. I mean, I, I guess. I'm Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, Watson, okay. but with okay. Wilson okay. at number two. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I stuck my tongue out at you. Boy. Boy. All right, Josh. I hope you have an amazing birthday today. Thank you very much. And I'm super happy to have spent it recording an episode with you. Hopefully we set our uh, new high score for listeners because it's my birthday. Yeah, true. All right. I'm Max Steiger, one of your co-hosts this week. I'm the other one, Josh Shankman. The birthday boy. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Have a great week. Same time, same place next week. I look forward to talking once again, Josh. Yes, sir. We'll see you, everybody, on the Factory of Sadness podcast. That was a little too monotone. I didn't like that very much. Let me try that again on the Factory of Sadness podcast.